Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. A win's a win time, especially when it's in Coleman Coliseum time, especially when you're on a losing streak time, especially when you shoot two for eight million from the three-point line time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where uh, Ramey and I, as we're recording this, we just left Coleman Coliseum, where Tennessee pulled out a rather improbable 69-68 to win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hope all y'all are having a good Wednesday morning out there, unless, of course, it's, you know, Wednesday afternoon, evening, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, perhaps even Friday morning, Friday afternoon, or Friday evening. Whatever day it is, we're happy that you're spending part of it with us. Happy National Signing Day out there for everyone. Uh, if you're wondering where our uh, National Signing Day uh, preview podcast is, you can go back to the previous episode, the one just before this in your feed, and you can find that one there where I uh, unfortunately had to sit down with Ryan Callahan for an extended period of time. And fortunately for y'all, we talked a lot about Tennessee going into National Signing Day, Tennessee football. There's a lot of stuff to discuss there. But right now, we're sitting here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, talking basketball. Grant, Tennessee beat Alabama in a gym where Tennessee almost never wins, uh, in a game where Tennessee shoots 2 of 18 from three-point range, in a game where Tennessee's starting backcourt uh, shoots a combined 7 of 32 from the field, in a game where Tennessee trailed by 15 points late in the first half. All things equal, uh, that is a, a really, really big win for this team and one that quite honestly shocked me. Yeah, it's a huge win. I mean, I came down here expecting next to zero scenarios where they were going to win that basketball game. Uh, get down 15 in the first half, and it would have been uh, 0% chance I would have given them to come back and win that basketball game. But it's the importance of uh, getting to the foul line. Uh, the free throw numbers were pretty incredible. What, 23 of 32 for Tennessee and 5 of 8 for Alabama, and Alabama was the home team. Uh, to get that kind of whistle on the road to force the issue, to drive as much as they drove, uh, and to play that way in the second half after playing pretty poorly for the first 15 minutes, really poorly, really. Uh, but but some big things happened. I mean, John Fulkerson got it almost on his own down to six or down to eight at halftime. He had six points in the final 52 seconds of the first half. Uh, he finished with 22. He had 16 at halftime. Uh, I mean, and, and for so long, Rick Barnes has talked about these older guys and how they have to step into their roles. And, you know, they've never been in this situation before, really. Uh, but they've got to carry this team. Well, Fulkerson had a career-high 22. Uh, Bowden scored 16 of his 20 in the second half, had seven rebounds. And Pons had 14 and 14, and he had eight offensive rebounds. And he had some really big blocks, including the one with nine seconds left that kept Alabama from tying the game. And then he came down with a loose ball uh, and got fouled, went down the other end and made free throws. So uh, it's a huge win because of what this team had gone through since Kansas, a really bad loss against Texas A&M, really bad showing at Mississippi State. And then they go to Alabama, where historically they play really poorly and very rarely win, and they found a way to win, uh, and they did it in a pretty uh, crazy fashion. Yeah, and just for some numbers here before we go to some interviews, John Fulkerson did have a career-high 22 points. Of course, he also had only three rebounds, and I imagine Rick Barnes will be reminding him of that if he has not already done so. I'm quite certain that he'll do that uh, in short order. Jordan Bowden overcame uh, just a really tough night shooting the ball from the floor, 5 of 17 from the floor, 0 of 6 from three-point range. Uh, but you know what he did? Uh, he stuck with it, got to the free throw line 11 times, made 10 of those free throws, uh, and made a couple of huge plays down the stretch. Jordan Bowden had six steals in that game. Uh, he, he made a made, made quite a 
quite a bit of big plays there on both ends of the court. Had seven rebounds also. Uh, Santiago Vescovi shoots two of 15 from the floor, which is just astonishingly bad. But he had five assists and only one turnover. He had a career-high eight rebounds. Uh, there were a lot of interesting, interesting things that happened in that game. Devontae Gaines goes out there and starts the second half over Uros Plavsic. So for Tennessee to play without Josiah Jordan-James and to get that win, uh, that's just that's really, really big uh, for this team. There's absolutely no question about that. Uh, there were a lot of things about that. Tennessee had won just four of its past 25 trips to Alabama's Coleman Coliseum. So there's lots to get to, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it just like we've done at the past couple of Hoops podcast guys. We're going to get you to some interviews right off the bat here in the first segment. We're going to get with – uh, Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes going to hear from Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson going to hear from freshman guard ticket gains and you're going to hear from senior guard Jordan Bowden so there's plenty of stuff to get to and we're going to start it off here with uh, I guess this is a, a dual interview uh, the, the first part of this uh, it's John Fulkerson and Rick Barnes who uh, we're the only guys who came out there to uh, sit in Alabama's media room after the game and talk. And so we got those guys at the same time. So what you're going to hear first is you're going to hear Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson and Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. Ten questions for John Fulkerson. John, you guys are down 15, a little improvement skill in the first half. What was the message in the locker room? You know, how do you kind of keep your poise and come out there and do that I think just sticking to our game plan and, you know, keep fighting. Um, you know, we've really talked about playing 40 minutes, and um, I just think sticking to our game plan and um, not um, just because we're down or just because we're up, don't, uh, like, change how you're playing or, or your, your schemes. I think just stick to your game plan and uh, follow it through for the whole game. Tell some frustrations from Alabama's side, especially as the fouls start piling up. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of our guys were in foul trouble, especially at the end of the game. Um, I think, um, I guess we were attacking, you know, and uh, drawing some fouls and uh, just trying to get to the basket. John, what went wrong for you Saturday at Mississippi State? What went right for you tonight? I wish I knew exactly what it was because I wouldn't do what I did at Mississippi State, and I'll do what I did what I did tonight. Um, but um, you know, maybe just not locked in. You know, you got to come every game ready to play, um, regardless of your opponent. You you really got to focus on you. Um, but um, I think just come to play um, and ready to play every game. John, I'm sure y'all would. Rather have won this game by 20 or 30 points, but to kind of have to earn one this way, you know, felt like y'all were kind of running uphill for two hours and still found a way to win. What can that do for the team? Um, I think uh, it can show the fight we have for the whole game. Um, you know, just just uh, keep playing, and like I said earlier, just sticking to your game plan. Um, but I, I think that's good for our team. You know, um, adversity during the game is good and uh, just, you know, having to, uh, you know, overcome some battles <laughs> and uh, just finding a way to get the job done at the end. Uh, John, uh, what was the coach's message at halftime? You guys had struggled a little bit, but finished the half strong down 40 to 32. What adjustments did you make? Um, I think just, you know, Getting shots out of our offense, you know, um, sticking to the game plan, um, and uh, just listen to what he says is usually pretty accurate. So we usually try to do that. We need pretty, very. <laughs> Get your words right. John, what do you feel like changed in the second half? Seems like you guys had a smaller lineup in. What do you think Devontae and Jalen brought that might have helped you guys come back? Right. Um, I think I think our bench players played uh, really well this game, um, especially Jalen and uh, Ticket. Um, and uh, I think we went with a smaller lineup because you know they kind of have a smart lineup, and uh, we had a matchup with them. Um, but I think um, definitely Ticket and Jalen um, played um, really good off the bench. You know, especially on defense where where we needed them. Uh, I think that was very important for us in the win, and important for them. So uh, we're going to continue to need them. Um, throughout the whole season. Um, and even guys like Roche, Olivier, Drew, um, we're going to need everybody to uh, really contribute to this team. Uh, 
John, you had the, uh, the student section kind of uh, chanting, kind of getting into it with you. Uh, do you take pride in having the student section kind of interact like that on the road, or do you kind of try to tune it out? Um, yeah, I think that's something you look forward to. You know, um, away games are so fun. You know, just like home games, you know, home games you have 20,000 people chanting for you, and then away games you have the whole arena chanting against you. And so I think it's really fun. But it's really ironic because they were chanting for me to get a haircut, and it's ironic because, like, probably four days ago, I scheduled a haircut for tomorrow, and so um, I had to go and tell them that. Not because of them, but because of personal uh, choices that I'm actually getting a haircut tomorrow. Um, not because of them, but because I decided to. If, if they saw how he looked with short hair, they wouldn't have chanted that, you know? <laughs> Just, I mean, you, go, you guys done this? We can go. Y'all done? Okay. Thank you. Having lost three in a row, being down 15 in the first half, and it just felt like it was snowballing on you. you, you I, I, we, I, we, we never felt like that because we felt like early we, we couldn't get our guards to understand that we had to put the ball inside, period. We just told, I mean, I still think I look at the stat sheet now. Santi took some shots. We took too many runners at off one leg, and, and we just, again, trying to get the, our perimeter guys to establish him and Eve inside. Even t told Eve, you got to go inside. We don't want you on the perimeter. We want you to take, if it's John Petty, go, go inside. We want to be in position to rebound the ball. And I, I thought a key part of the game was uh, at the end of the first half where we got it, got it we, our goal was to just get it under double digits. And, uh, and then, we came out and got a good start to the second half, and, and we just said we're going inside. And I, the biggest adjustment we made at halftime, I told the guards, that guy better touch it. They better touch that ball. They better understand we can always get the ball inside, and he'll make the right read. And but defensively, you know, we were. It might have been the best that we've done all year from start to finish, just staying locked in on what we needed to do against a very explosive offensive team and a team that's difficult to guard. And we knew they, you know, we told our guys. They can make their 10, 11, 12 threes. That won't beat us if they're on our terms. And uh, we obviously at halftime talked about taking care of the ball. We missed some layups. I mean, I think we missed four or five wide open shots at the rim and that, that we've got to make. But uh, I just, if I can put it down to one word, I, I just say our guys, I thought they battled the entire time. I don't think they ever looked at it like the game was over, like a snowball. And I don't think they ever thought that because they've seen too much basketball where with that much time left in the game, uh, you know, early in the first half, there you can you can always fight back. How badly did you guys just need this after what? Kind of again, this time again, this time of year, we all need them. I mean, that's all I can tell you. I mean, I, I think that you know that we we all we all need them. And again, it's tough. I mean, I, I know Alabama's missing a key player. I mean, you know, Josiah. Again, you guys have been with us all year. It seems like we've had to adjust from game to game. And but I think what's happening right now is that we're getting some valuable experience for these guys that we're going to have to use. I mean, we had a lineup out there tonight that we have never ever had on the floor ever. And I thought those guys on on the fly really did some good things. And uh, we had a couple guys that I thought fell asleep away from the ball and gave them some easy looks that they took advantage of. But uh, the fact is, you know, it's – we've dealt with it all year. I'm telling mean, you guys know it. We've dealt with this guy down, that guy down, whatever. And and I think our guys are sort of kind of used to it. And when we call on somebody, I thought I, – I do think Devontae was terrific. I, I thought his spirit really brought a lot to us. Uh, Folky had his confidence going. He stepped up. Those free throws were big, considering the way he had missed two earlier that weren't very good. I, and uh, so I'm just, again, for our guys in this time of year, they're big. If you can get wins this time of year, they're all big. Take two more. Just, you're talking about battling, but just can you speak to the physical play out there? It really seemed like you know, both sides were really kind of going after it. Kind of got better of Alabama at certain points, uh, in, in terms of what? Just in terms of technicals and frustration and the most fouls that would be physical play. Well, again, I mean, we, we, we're going to go inside. I mean, we are. I mean, we're going to put pressure. We, we're going to we're going to try to get fouled. You know, if uh, I mean, all you got to do is look at. The, I mean, we were 
believe it or not, we, what did we shoot from the three? Two for 18, and we kept thinking we got to make one sooner or later because we, you know, we felt like we were getting some good looks at it. But the fact is, we we want to go inside first and play from there. And uh, and, and early in the year, we struggled by not getting fouled because we stayed behind the three-point line all the time. We want we want to play from the rim out and. Uh, that's what we told him at halftime, the big thing. We've got to put the ball to the block. We have to. But that's our team. That's who we are. I mean, you know, uh, I think Nate's done a uh, great job with this team. I do. I think they play hard. Uh, uh, they, they do. I mean, they do a lot of really difficult. He's a terrific coach. And uh, but it's just two different styles. Rick, what's the identity of the SEC this season? The last year, right now? I, I think the SEC is like college basketball in general. I think it's so much balance. I think there's going to be some teams here in the next couple of weeks that'll probably start separating themselves. But uh, obviously, we lost. You know, we basically lost our entire team for, for pretty much. You know, from a year ago, I would have liked to had Grant Williams and Jordan Bone and Lamonte Turner back, but that's the way the game is today. And uh, but I'm I say that, but I'm also proud of the way. A lot of these guys are growing up because it's going to be a, a, the future of what we have here. But I think if you look at the league, some of that's going on. I think it happens around the country. And uh, But uh, there's just – in our league, I think on any given night, anybody can win. I really do believe that. And and, uh, and certainly injuries this time of year. I mean, I mean Alabama's lost a really good player that they, they don't have in their lineup. And, and that changes stuff, especially when you've had that guy around since – what November? It's tough. It really is. And uh, but like I said, we've dealt with that since November, and uh, we started over so many different times. So in some ways, I really do think our guys are used to just here. We got to make some things happen here on the on the fly. Yeah. How did you feel that smaller lineup changed the game for you guys? Well, we had to do it because we had guys that needed. They were tired, and. Uh, we, we as long as we can have Eve or Folky or one of those guys out there, we can. Jalen's been around long enough that he'll he'll know what to do. But we've got just one set that we can run with any lineup basically, and that's what we went to. And then uh, defensively, we were able to match with them. Like when they went small, we felt like tonight was a really tough night for Urosh, that he was always in a tough matchup. And uh, so we we did it really out of necessity. What's it been like the, the process of kind of trying to get Eve to understand the things he can do? Because it, even in the first half, I mean, there were three or four times where he had really good looks, just turned him down, and it seems like it, there's that's always kind of a hit and miss. Well, you know what the thing is, and I love the guy. I don't know if there's anybody in the country that works harder than him. But what he has still has to figure out is he's, he's a very literal person. When you tell him to do something, he's going to do exactly what you ask him to do. But what you want him to do is, okay, you got this, now let's keep doing this, but now let's move on to this. And that's where he still sometimes doesn't, you know, like like uh, he, he's just, what, what I told him tonight, I said the one thing you need to understand, if you're open 15 feet, you got to shoot the ball. And if you're going to put it on the floor, you need to go get something done with it. Because when he puts it on the floor, he's a little bit hesitant. You know, he drove it one time. He should have just gone up with it and threw it, threw it away. And I said, but if you, that's straight up because he works so hard. I mean, he works on the things, and that's all we've tried to get him to do is just do the things that you spend time working on. And how much can, how much can the, the way that game ended for him, those plays he made on both ends, making the free throws with the block, I mean, how, <coughs> and it's just kind of one couple moments, but can that help big? You know what I told him? You know what I told him? I kept telling him, I kept telling him all night, I said, hey, man, trust your work. You know, you just trust yourself. Go up to that line. You spend as much time as anybody in the country on shooting, free throws. Just trust yourself. Just trust it. And uh, I thought he did. You know, he missed two early that weren't close where, and I can't tell you why, you know, but the block and that stuff, you guys, like us, we've seen that those plays. But on the offensive end, I, 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 that's all I kept saying to him, trust your work. And, uh, and, he, and he knocked him down. That was Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson and Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes talking about the things that they saw in Tennessee's uh, interesting 69-68 to win over Alabama down here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Coleman Coliseum, just across the street from where Ramey and I are recording this podcast right now. Uh, as we promised, we're going to get to some more interviews. Uh, going to hear right now, uh, I believe we're going to hear from Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden, who, as I mentioned earlier, had 20 points in this game, seven rebounds, six steals, 
a couple of assists, and, and he just had a just a really rough night, really, really rough night uh, shooting the basketball. But other than ticket gains, uh, the highest plus minus on Tennessee's team in that game was Jordan Bowden. He finished with a plus six. Uh, so I think that was a, a big gut check for Jordan Bowden in a lot of ways. He made some big plays down the stretch. Uh, when you wondered where his confidence was, what all was going on with him, uh, he stepped up and made some big plays to help Tennessee get a road win. So you're going to hear right now from Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden. I think a small lineup, second half, is kind of the key to, to spark that. Yeah, it kind of matched up with them because they had, you know, five kind of five guards that can play on out on the perimeter. And, you know, second half we started out, you know, getting, you know, deflection, Santi, and, you know, Tick came up big for us in the second half, and we just executed and stayed with it. What you say about y'all's fighting spirit? You're down 15. I mean, you're not, you're not shooting great from outside, but you, you find a way. Yeah, Coach, you know, he uh, showed us how, you know, Arkansas, you know, they were down 12-0 against these guys here. And, you know, just got to keep fighting, keep executing the game plan. That's what they did, and that's what we did in the second half and came back and, you know, got stopped. After you've lost three in a row, how good does it feel to, to get that done, to not, you know, get yeah. that monkey off your back? Yeah, we needed this one. You know, we needed this one going into Saturday. And, uh, uh, you know, we just tough. You know, we, we played tough tonight, and uh, we got it done. Do you tell these guys what how much basketball still left? Yeah, we know we know how much you know we got left. You know, um, we just got to continue to get better, continue to you know to fight, and so we can be able to play in March. What kind of mental adjustment do you make when you're you know, you're scoreless in the first half? You stay aggressive. Yeah. You find a way to go out and get twenty. Yeah, you in just the second got, half. you got to stay aggressive. You can't you know have one shot you know miss and you stop shooting. You know, I just got to continue to shoot my shots. Coach was harping on me, telling me to stay aggressive and keep taking my shots. You have to grow into that. You have to you know this time last year I probably would stop shooting and stop being aggressive, but you know I just got to continue to play. Are you tired of the quiet half and Man, then what? 20 and a half? Or? I got to put two halves together. Like, you know, first half I'd be, you know, four points. And second half I just, you know, break out. But, you know, I just got to continue to play. Do you have any idea why that's happening? You put a I don't know. That, or is it just? I think I, I don't know. I just got to let the game continue to come to me. And I just, you know, settle down in the second half and just play my game. Do you think you lead the nation in three-pointers that brimmed out? I probably do. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> and I probably lead the uh, country in three-point percentage missing, so I just got to continue to play. I just got to continue to play. What's your favorite Kentucky memory in the last Ooh, my three years? There's a lot of them. Probably my sophomore year beating them up there at Rook. Really? And three-pointer game? Three-pointer game. And my man, Kim. But, you know, it's just being Kentucky all together is, you know, big time. What will you tell these guys about playing Kentucky for these next few days? You know, it's or a big game. No, it's just the same game plan. But Coach told us, you know, he he, he gave us the uh, the Bernard King, you know, speech that he gave us about we don't lose Kentucky. And I haven't lost to Kentucky at home, so I'm not trying to, you know, mess that up. Are you going to give a big rah-rah speech in the locker room then before nah, Saturday? No, nah, you just got to continue to you know, do what we do. That was Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden speaking about what he saw from the Vols' 69-68 to win over Alabama here at Coleman Coliseum here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I should say. We're right now across the street from Coleman Coliseum. Uh, but a lot of interesting things there from Bowden, a lot of stuff to break down uh, as we get to the second segment. But before we do that, uh, we're going to hear from uh, a rare postgame interview with uh, Tennessee freshman guard Devontae Ticket Gaines, who started the second half of that game. Uh, and I think he, he did a lot of good things. He gave Tennessee a couple steals. Uh, he, he led the team with a plus-minus of plus seven in 15 minutes. He was all over the place defensively, made, made a bunch of big plays there. Uh, he got his money's worth on some fouls. He got four of them there in a limited uh, amount of time there. But he did some big things in that game. And, and there's some interesting questions here with Devontae Gaines about kind of how you stay – you know, active, how you stay kind of mentally locked in as a freshman when you don't get to a place like Tennessee unless you've spent most of your basketball career starring, never leaving the court. And then you get to a place like Tennessee, you got to play very limited role as a freshman and, and how you kind of stay active and stay involved and stay ready to go when your number's called. So here is Tennessee freshman guard ticket gains. Just risky deflections that led to uh, offense for us. What was through your mind when the coach said you're starting the second half? 
Oh, you came in and told me that uh, start, they was going small ball, so I was going to start for Uros. And uh, I just got my mind right, ready to play defense, ready to rebound, whatever the coach wanted me to do. And uh, I try to pride myself in doing that. Do you think that the small ball lineup kind of sparked you guys coming all the way back? Uh, definitely. We was able to uh, get out in transition. They went small ball, too, so we was able to uh, present ourselves inside with Jafoki and uh, Eve. Those guys were posting up. Uh, it, was, it worked out well for us. Rick said your spirit really helped this team tonight. What do you think he means by that? I mean, just talking to everyone, uh, keeping everybody positive. Uh, during the game, we was down 15. I still tell them like, we still got to play. We still got a chance to win this game. Uh, don't back down. Just media timeouts to keep everybody happy, keep everybody motivated. And at halftime, I came in and let them know that uh, we still got 20 minutes of basketball to play, and uh, we got to make the most of it. You know, I, I feel like the guys responded to me well, came out, and uh, really did our job the second half, and it was a good to win. Okay, what's it been like for you this season? I mean, you know, you don't get to a place like Tennessee because you spent a lot of time on the bench growing up. You know. I mean, this has been probably a new experience for you. How have you kind of worked your way through it and kind of stayed positive? I mean, just just knowing the reality of things. Uh, I'm a freshman coming in, uh, kind of undersized, but uh, coach gave me a chance to play this year and uh, just making the most of it. Uh, when I get in, if I don't get in, just keep it, keeping my teammates happy, keep everyone around me just motivated, and that's what I've been trying to do. How do you stay sharp? I mean, is it still working every day like, you, like you're expecting to go into play? I mean, is that how you stay sharp in a situation? Oh uh, Yeah, just working on my game every day, workouts, uh, shooting, whatever it, whatever it is, I just try to stay sharper and when my number's call, I'll uh, be ready to perform. When you dove on that, for that ball at the start of the half, is that kind of when you started to feel like you guys were going to win this game? Honestly, I'm going to say, yeah, because when we want we want a quick run to start the second half, I felt the guys' energy go up. Uh, guys were ready to guard. Guys wanted to rebound. Guys wanted to block shots. And uh, just the morale of the team just went to a high level. And they, I feel like they fed off me. And it was, I think I gave great energy today to help my teammates. Did you realize you had four fouls when you were reaching for the ball and diving on the ground like that? Uh, yeah, I know I had four fouls, but uh, it wasn't going to change the way I was playing. Uh, I just felt like I still could make plays without fouling. Uh, I made a couple of plays out there. We could have been called fouls, could have not, but uh, just staying aggressive on defense was my main thing. How do you know? How much do you know about this program's history with Kentucky, especially recent history? Uh, I watched a few games. Uh, I don't know recent history. I just know that uh, it's a battle every time they play each other. Uh, it's going to be a battle Saturday. Do you watch that rivalry a little bit closer after you committed to Tennessee when you did? Uh, just like the SEC tournament games when they play each other. And, uh, but that's pretty much it. That was Tennessee freshman guard Devontae Ticket Gaines speaking about what he saw from the Vols 69-68 to win over Alabama here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And now we're going to hear from Tennessee junior guard Eve Pons, who had 14 points and 14 rebounds. A couple of big block shots also. Had the uh, big plays on both ends of the floor there in the closing seconds. Had the big block shot, uh, the big rebound there with 4.6 seconds left. A couple free throws late in the game that helped Tennessee polish off that win. So uh, here's a really candid interview uh, with Tennessee junior guard Eve Pons, a kid who's not always very candid, but he was candid after this one, and uh, for good reason. Here's Tennessee junior guard Eve Pons. Do you think it made in the second half going in the smaller lineup with, with Devontae and Jalen instead of Arush? Um, I mean, we found a uh, good matchup, so to play inside out, um, that was the plan of the game. Uh, we just uh, <clears throat> keep doing that because we saw that it was working, so we just keep doing the, the second. How, how do you come back from 15 points down like that? I mean, what, what did you guys do? How did that happen? I mean, we got to keep playing. Like No matter how much you are behind, uh, you need to uh, to keep playing hard. Uh, we're pretty tough. I mean, that was really tough. We we, we just play our game, uh, follow the, the game plan, play defense, play really hard defense, and that's how we get back. Are you just more comfortable at the four right now? I mean, after having not, not played the three since last year. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I was afraid of the four right now because I've been practicing playing the four since uh, since now. So yeah, I really like it. Really like it. And the 14 rebounds. I mean, how proud are you of that? I mean. If I can do it once, I, I, I should be able to do it every time. So that's on me. I got to do it every time. Coach the class. I mean, uh, yeah, I got to go every time. Do you realize you had eight offensive rebounds tonight? Uh, no, really, I didn't count. I mean, I just 
I was trying to get every rebound, so, right. yeah. Can you kind of walk me through that, that final block there? What did you see on the play? What was, what, what were you seeing at the time? Uh, I just, uh, they, they were driving the ball. I mean, I was trying and I they, were, they, were, they were like close to the basket. I was like, I'm going like, to get a rebound. And then he stood just right next to me. And I was like, not going to get easy shots. So I just. Yeah, because that wasn't the guy you were guarding, was it? No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who had you been guarding? Do you remember who you were I was, guarding? I was guarding in Petty. So you just saw him kind of out of the corner of your Yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, we need to protect the basket. And that's one of the best, the best at. So I just came down and just uh, made the play. How, how big were those pressure free throws? for you late. I know that you've worked ridiculously hard on that, you know, throughout the season and you know, had some ones that just didn't go in and to make those how big was that? I had to focus my mind. I mean I, I ain't gonna lie, I was kinda scared when I was uh, <laughs> As, uh, but I just uh, I just need to be relaxed and just uh, do do my routine and do uh, do the same every time. Which game was it where you were? Y'all had a game where I know you missed a couple down the stretch and it really bothered you. And you spent like all night in practice shooting. Do you remember what game that was? I don't remember, but that was that was like probably like two weeks ago. But yeah, the, it didn't go go in. I was really tense and really tight, so I had to relax myself. So I just uh, to practice again, just to, to find a good rhythm again. Is that what you're trying to do there in those final two? Or are you just thinking, just kind of erase it, just just focus, practice? I was just focused. Yeah, I was just focused on my <clears throat> on my follow through, on my on my shot, on my routine, my rhythm. Uh, and uh, I was confident. I was like, I, I, I'm gonna knock them out. And so I did. I'm sure y'all would have rather won this game by like 30 points, you know. But for to win the game the way you did, when it was just seemed like y'all were running uphill for two hours, got off to a bad start. Even when y'all started playing better, missed some layups, had some things go wrong. What can that do for a team when you win a game like that? When you kind of fight through it and win it? Yeah, it feels great. It feels great. I mean, we played tough on the second half, and uh, we just. We didn't give up. I mean, we didn't give up. We're a tough team. Uh, we need to, to show that, uh, show out every game. Um, so yeah, we need to play 40 minutes, and that's what we did. Did y'all? Have you heard that, that Fulton said he was getting a haircut tomorrow? Have you heard that? I hope so, because he's getting too long. So you, you yeah. You think so? I mean, need to. so you so you agree with the people who are chanting at tonight to get a cut? Yeah, definitely. If he if he doesn't, I'm gonna cut it. Well, what about the uh, what if it what if it affects his game though? Hmm? I mean, he's had the flow going. What if I mean, it was uh, Fulton was terrible tonight. I mean, big time, big time. He play he play, he play his game. I mean, he's uh. Was, uh really aggressive, the shot goes in, he played really great. I'm really proud of him. How big is this for y'all to get some momentum going forward? You know who you're playing Saturday, you know it's a big game. How much does something like this help going into that? Yeah, it really helps us because we are like in a tough zone. We lost uh, three straight. Uh, we need a, that was a, tonight, that was a big game. We had to win that one so we can feel better about the, the Kentucky game. But it's going to be a different, it's going to be totally different. So we need to uh, get back to the practice, film, study, and put on that win and just uh, go, get, go get Kentucky. That was Tennessee junior guard Eve Ponce talking about his 14 points and 14 rebounds and Tennessee's come from behind. A wild woolly 69-68 win over Alabama here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just across the street there at Coleman Coliseum. And guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to break real quick. We're going to pay some bills, uh, listen to some good products, services, in-house ads, all those fun things. Come back in just one second, and then you will hear... Fortunately for yourself, a little bit more from me and a little bit more from Grant Ramey about that win for the Vols. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago. As always, you are not contractually, morally, ethically, spiritually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials. But we appreciate the people who don't hit the fast-forward button and who listen to those good products and services and in-house ads. And uh, we're still not doing our own commercials yet. We're going to at some point, I I imagine. But right now, we're just going with what we got. And Grant, as always, uh, whatever products and services those were, those are in-house ads. I mean, that that was great stuff. Loved it. Every minute of it. And that helps us at CBS Sports. That helps us at 24-7 Sports. Helps us out at GoVols 24-7. And who knows? It, it might even help you out. As again, just mentioned, Wes Rucker and Grant Ramey coming to you from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, talking about Tennessee's 69-68 win over Alabama. Uh, just, Grant, a really, really interesting game. We have mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Tennessee uh, trails by 15 points there late in the first half. The Vols uh, could not do anything right, it seemed like, in the first half. Uh, but then they, they got a couple breaks there late in the first half. They popped a couple balls loose. Fulkerson uh, had a couple of big plays to kind of get Tennessee back within single digits at halftime, which Rick Barnes said was basically a win. As badly as Tennessee played in that first half on the road uh, in a place where they never play well, uh, to go to the half down just single digits – I don't think they can do what they do in the second half if they don't get that thing knocked down to a more manageable figure before it got there. Yeah, and I mean, Alabama shot way better than Tennessee did in the first half. I think Tennessee shot uh, 30% or something like that. Uh, Alabama out-rebounded Tennessee. It wasn't by much, but they out-rebounded. They had, I believe they had more assists. Uh, they shot really well from three. Tennessee didn't do anything from three all night. Uh, you just go down the list and kind of look at the box score. Uh, if you just look at the stats, you're going to expect a 15, 20-point game at halftime, something like that. And, and to look up and Tennessee's only down eight, uh, that's huge. I mean, Tennessee was down 13, uh, I believe, going into the final minute. And then uh, Fulke, uh hits a couple foul shots and, and scores twice uh, right before the end of the half. And, and just getting it back within eight, I think that was huge. Because uh, you come out of the break, and you score the first four, uh, and you, you're back within four just like that. And uh, Alabama re- stretched it back out to seven a little bit after that. Then Tennessee got back within four again, uh, maybe midway through the second half. And from there, they just kind of, uh, just kind of went along and, and got back in it, and I guess tied it to the foul line. They just kept getting to the foul line. That was the thing that was frustrating so many Alabama fans in the building. Uh, there was a lot of. I don't know if it's questionable calls, but they weren't letting them play very much, obviously, and, and the way Tennessee was forcing the issue and getting to the foul line. Uh, that's huge for them. That's what they got to keep doing. They're not a good three-point shooting team. They're never going to be. Uh, go down the list and look at the guard numbers. You mentioned them earlier. I mean, Santiago Scovey went 2 for 15 tonight, and Jordan Bound went 0 for 6 from the three-point line. He's shooting 13% from three in SEC play. It's, it's mind-boggling. He said after the game he might lead the country uh, in the percentage missed of threes, uh, which is just crazy after what you've seen from him the last three years. So this is what they got to do. They got to do this all the time. The, this this game started a stretch. These final ten games where they play like eight eight games and against top fifty Ken Palm opponents, and Alabama was one of those. I believe they were number forty two or something like that. So uh, it's a huge win, but they got to do something with it. Obviously, Kentucky coming Saturday, uh, and a ton of opportunities down the road with Auburn and Arkansas and teams like that, but. Uh, maybe this is the start of something because they needed it. Yeah, and you know what was interesting about that game was that Tennessee kind of consistently kept whittling into that Alabama lead. Um, but it's not like Tennessee was doing everything right. In fact, Tennessee left a ton of points on the court. I, I made a couple notes during the game, if I can go back over these. There was one stretch where Tennessee was down, um, I, I believe, 43-36, to 36, uh, and that was after a time where Tennessee, on five 
consecutive possessions just completely squandered an opportunity to put the ball in the bucket. There was Neve Pond's turnover. Uh, there was the fast break from hell, basically, where, where Devontae Gaines is, is out there running with no one near him, but he gets a bad pass and he kind of has to collect it, and then he misses the layup, uh, and then the follow-up is also missed. Uh, then it goes down to a Fulkerson turnover on the next possession. The possession after that, uh, Fulkerson missed two free throws. And the possession after that, Jordan Bowden missed a completely wide-open three-pointer. So that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's 11 points right there just in that one stretch where Tennessee is down 43 to 36, should be. Uh, let's say Fulkerson makes one of those two free throws. You're, you're still up at that point, and you're trailing by seven. And then what happens? Lo and behold, the basketball gods punish you for that like they're wont to do. Forbes comes down, makes a three, puts it back to a ten-point game, and at the time that felt like a huge moment uh, in the game. Uh, And then there was another stretch where Tennessee is up by four points. There with less than two minutes left. Back-to-back possessions, Tennessee just doesn't even get a shot off, turns it over twice. You know, it's like not even a bad shot, no shot. Uh, Turn the ball over just completely inexcusably. Bama comes down, gets it to within two. Uh, Then Bowden takes a shot, maybe a little prematurely on that next possession. Uh, But then again, he thought he had a pack a path to the bucket and the way things have been going at least they got a shot off on that possession uh, bottom line is the lead stays at four then john petty comes down slams the ball gets it back within 67 65 uh, and then there's the bout and miss and then all of a sudden it looks like mm, this isn't looking good when alabama took the ball in that possession i was 100 percent expecting one of two things i was expecting bama to go get a three-pointer and win the game, or I was expecting Bama to get to the rim, uh, you know, kind of get something where they got a couple free throws or made a quick bucket and then go to regulation or go to overtime where they would have all the momentum and they would win that game. That's what it felt like in the arena, at least to me. That's felt That felt like it was going to happen. Then Pons, who's not even guarding um, Forbes on that play, that he, he told me he was guarding Petty. That, that's the guy he had on that play. But he peels off of Petty because he sees, wait a minute, Forbes is going to the lane here. Um, at first he said he just was kind of crashing down to get the rebound but then he noticed how close he was to him and said I think I can block that shot so he goes up there he rises he swats the ball uh, and then there's a loose ball he gets it gets fouled even at that point with 4.1 seconds left I believe it was or or 4.6 seconds I should say Pons in his history of pressure free throws is not a good thing and as you heard him say during that game or during that interview in the first segment he admitted he was scared. He didn't say, you know, kind of nervous. He didn't say anxious. He didn't say worried. He said scared. That's his word. He was scared going to take those free throws. Uh, but you also heard Rick Barnes say that he, he went to Ponds and he said, you know what? Just just trust it, man. Trust your work ethic. Trust your, trust your shot. Trust your touch. And he went out there and he made it. Because here's what in, what's interesting to me, Grant. And I'm, I wrote this in the column. You can go, go read on the site. That... Eve Pond's born in Haiti, raised in France, um, but he's always felt kind of German to me because he just kind of, he's so matter of fact, he, he's such a professional with the way he goes about his work ethic, looks like he's never even smelled a carb in his entire life. He's got that kind of either German thing or like that Russian Ivan Drago thing where it just looks like he was kind of built in a lab. And before you get to know him, he almost seems a little bit aloof or emotionless. Uh, But then you get to know him a little bit, he opens up a bit. But he just seems so German to me. And a guy like that should be so automatic with pressure free throws because he should just go right back to that routine, right? Like a Swiss watch, just every time. Uh, But it's not been like that for him. It's been in his head. For him to go hit those shots, Grant, I got to think – that's going to be a huge moment for Eve Pons. I mean, I know what he, how, he, how he did at Kansas was big and the way he played there, um, but this is a guy who I think he needed a moment like this. Yeah, he did. He did for sure. And there, there have been a lot of moments in the season for him. Uh, you mentioned Kansas. Uh, you can go back earlier in the season when he was shooting the three a lot better or at least a lot more consistently. Uh, for him, it's just been an issue of having a game like Kansas and then kind of disappearing uh, in a game like Texas A&M or, or maybe at Mississippi State, or I, I don't know what his stats were in those games, but there's just certain games where it, it feels like he hits a couple early shots and he gets rolling a little bit, uh, or he doesn't, and he just kind of disappears. And and when he does disappear, things usually don't go well for Tennessee. I mean, you, you saw at Kansas what he can be uh, and why he has NBA up, upside and why he could play himself uh, as soon as this year into being a second-round pick. 
uh, in the draft in June. But yeah, the pressure free throws, it's it's happened in the past where he goes to the line late and it's an important free throw and you can call it. He's not going to make it just because you could tell by the way he's almost walking up to the line. Uh, but to make those tonight, not only to make them, but to to get the block that you were describing, uh, would have been pretty easy to foul in that situation just based on where he was and trying to block that shot from behind. And but not only does he block it, uh, but he comes down with a loose ball with what four seconds left and gets fouled and, and controls it and goes down to the other end and makes it. So that's huge for him. He's got to build on it and he's got to become more consistent. Uh, but the the stuff he's shown in flashes is pretty huge, uh, both for him. Uh, and his future, and and for what this Tennessee team's trying to do uh, over these next few games. That was surprisingly kind of you to not mention the fact that with about 40 seconds left in that game, I looked over at you and I said, quote, can they even keep Pons in this game? And I said, you know, they need his defense, obviously, but they don't want him at the free throw line. Pressure, he, This kid and pressure free throws, they don't mix. But you know what? Here's a here's a good story about Eve Pons quickly that I can that I can tell you. Uh, and again, this was not one that he told me because he would never tell anything like this about himself, but someone else in the program told me at first, and then I went and asked Pons, and he confirmed it. Uh, they go to that game at Missouri, right? That's a big win for them at the time. They go out there, and they do some some good things in that game. Uh, it feels like that's a that's a nice win at the, at the moment. They go there, and they beat Conzo Martin and his crew, and a lot of things kind of went not great, but pretty well for Tennessee that night. Uh, Eve Pons was 0-for-1 at the free throw line. But that one miss was the front end of a, of a one-on-one that was a really big miss at the time. So Tennessee gets back, I believe around midnight, that flight touches down back in Knoxville. Everyone else on the team goes home. Eve Pons goes right to Pratt Pavilion because they can get in there 24-7. They know where the light switch is. They know where the you know, they can get in there. And he spends a couple hours in there until you know, maybe 2 o'clock in the morning or so putting up free throws. And I said, man, it was only one miss. Like, you know, but he goes, I, I just, he said he couldn't do it. He said he wasn't going to be able to sleep that night. He, he was tired of missing those free throws. So he goes out there and he just keeps working and working and working. And that's one of the things that you heard, you've heard Rick Barnes say about him is, you know, he wants that kid to have success so much because that kid works so hard. Barnes, the way he feels about a player is almost directly correlated to how hard that player works. If you invest in the program, like, look at Jordan Bowden, for instance. Jordan Bowden has had some rough moments this season. But because of how hard the kid works and because of how much Barnes trusts him, he loves that kid. And he is going to go to a bat for that kid no matter what. He, he might question the kid privately, um, but publicly he's got that kid's back. He wants the best for him. Uh, and with Ponce, it's the same way. And you heard him talk about how Barn, you know, how Ponce is almost kind of robotic, and it's the German thing I was talking about earlier, that he's so literal. You know, if you ask him to do something, he will be so focused on doing exactly what you tell him to do that it'll be like, you know, you can go do something else too. And it's always just been between the ears with him. And there's a couple guys in this team, he's one of them, that I feel like if they could just kind of take that handbrake off of him and just let him go play the game, you saw it Kansas. Uh, you've seen at times when he finally goes into the paint today and just completely rocks one right on top of a Bama player. Uh, he's a dynamic athlete. He's a guy who should be a, a great basketball player. Um, and I think this is something that could be big for him. Um, but I think it's also a big game for Fulkerson, too, because as you mentioned, Grant, uh, he was not feeling well against in that game at Mississippi State. He was a non-factor. Uh, I believe he had a stomachache. Something was bothering him. Uh, something maybe the Lucky Charms didn't sit well that night or, or that day, whatever it was. But he went out there today and had a statement response to that and can you imagine, Grant, could you ever have thought – and, you know, Fulkerson, it's no secret. You all from the same hometown. You got that Kingsport blood coursing through your veins. Still, could you ever have imagined that John Fulkerson would be the guy on this Tennessee team that when you need to settle down and you need to get a bucket, you get the ball to John Fulkerson? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? No, but it's a question I've been trying to answer since uh, Grant – Williams declared for the NBA draft whenever he did last April because uh, for so long he was the guy that when you had to have something, either a bucket uh, in a big situation or a stop or, or a steal or, or something or a free throw, he was going to be the guy that, that made it happen. Uh, and you tried to figure out once he left, once Bone declared, obviously Admiral and Kyle were gone, who's going to be the person that steps up and, and does something and uh, I think a lot of people wanted it to be Josiah Jordan-James for a long time. 
Uh, maybe it's going to be Lamonte Turner. Maybe it's going to be Jordan Bowden with, with what he's done, what he's done over his career. Uh, but there's really never been anybody that steps up and, and takes that role. Uh, but what Folky did, uh, he he's had big moments. He's he's been fairly consistent. He has disappeared a little bit from time to time, uh, and that's troublesome. But if you look at his numbers, he's been a pretty good player for most of the year. I think he's been one of their more reliable options. Uh, but what he did at, at Alabama uh, obviously is huge. I don't think you can look past that final 90 seconds of the first half because when you get it to eight, I think that's pretty deflating for Alabama, uh, the way they played in the first half and the way Tennessee did. So just getting it to eight, I think that was huge for them, and, and Fulke made that happen almost on his own. Uh, and then the way he came out, and he, he wasn't huge in the second half, but he kept getting big buckets and, and kind of coming up in uh, situations where they needed him. So if he can continue to do that, if he can eliminate the, the Mississippi State kind of games that he's had uh, here and there, he'll be a pretty good ball player. Uh, and he's what Tennessee needs. He's, you know, if if they're looking for a go-to option and it's him and he can fulfill that role, that's huge over the final 10 games because they're going to have a lot of big situations against tough opponents where they need an answer. And despite the rebound numbers being a little inconsistent, he has stepped up and blocked a lot of big shots this season too. He, he's been big in that way. And I believe he's scored in double figures now in nine of the past 11 games, which – you know, you're, you're you're talking about, you know, 18 points Ole Miss, 15 against Kansas, 15 against A&M, 22 uh, in this game. He, he just – it's kind of amazing how, you know, that Rick Barnes guy, he knows what he's doing a lot of times. And, and he's always seen something in this kid that he thought, you know what, this is a better player than people think he is. And, and Barnes feels that way a lot when he goes out and when he gets a guy uh, and, and he targets him in recruiting and he sees him, sometimes he just kind of gets – locked in on a guy and he's like this guy man this guy and he always thought Fulkerson could be this kind of a player so uh, we'll see I mean he's got to keep this going uh, and Tennessee needs even more from him uh, but you know he, he's been pretty darn good lately there's been a lot of good things from him also before we step out of here we should mention a couple more things uh, Uros Plavsic did start again in place of Josiah Jordan James Tennessee went with the bigger lineup uh, but uh, the, the big Serbian the big seven-footer uh, that's not a great matchup for him, Bama was. And we talked about, about that going into the game. Uh, Bama plays a lot of small ball, a lot of chuck and duck, um, you know, not really a true center on that team. Uh, maybe not the best game for, for Plavsic. He, he had uh, four fouls, and including one technical, where he uh, shoved someone uh, after the play, which was just a kind of an immature play. Uh, so not his best night. But you know what, Grant? That didn't really, really bother me. Like, it's not something you want to see. Um but we said for a while, would any of these Tennessee players act like any of this was bothering them? And you're talking about a guy who still played less than a, you know, he's, he's got fewer than a hundred uh, career minutes at the college level. He's a guy who um, still has a, a ways to go in his development, but I think the upside is there. You can see it. I think he's going to be a pretty good player. Uh, and he had a couple things that didn't go his way tonight. He, he basically got mugged on one possession and didn't get a foul called. Uh, and then, the very next possession, he gets fouled again. They call it this time, but after the whistle, he gets a little bit. We've seen this from him in practice at times. He gets a little bit emotional. Uh, he threw a little bit of a shove there, but Tennessee responded to that. That that was that looked like that could have been a really bad moment at the time, but Tennessee kind of, I don't know if that ignited them or not, but they played better after that for whatever it's worth. So I, I think some fire from some of these guys will be good to see. you you got to have somebody who's got those kind of tendencies. Yeah, I mean, if you watch Urosh, if if he's on the bench and and there's a timeout, he's usually the first one off the bench greeting his teammates and and trying to you know whatever in, in that situation, uh, either trying to pick them up or or whatever. Uh, I think there is some of that in him, uh, even though at times he's not playing very well uh, lately. He 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 showed some stuff at Mississippi State, but still, uh, there were a lot of moments there uh, and out when he was on the floor at Alabama where. You know, you're seven foot, just go up and dunk the ball. Uh, quit spinning away from the basket. I think we talked about that after the Mississippi State game. But, yeah, if he can just b- kind of bring that. R- Rick Barnes was talking about Devontae Gaines after the game, and he said he, he thought his spirit uh, brought a lot to the team on the floor. I don't think uh, Devontae scored, uh, but I think he had the best plus minus of anybody on the team. Uh, so I think he affected the game, obviously, on the floor. And, and I think Urosh can do something similar. If, if you can just go out there and scrap and fight, uh, and, and do a little something, it can go a long way for this basketball team. I mean, Devontae Gaines had four fouls in eight minutes, uh, but somehow he 
manage to stay on the floor and not foul out. So uh, if, if those kind of guys can just bring little spurts of energy uh, and maybe attitude if it's not production, uh, that's huge because a guy like Devontae, uh, he didn't have a huge night, obviously, in the box score, but he had a pretty huge impact on the floor. And I think Euros can kind of fall into that same uh, line of thinking. Yeah, and we'll see where things are going forward with Josiah Jordan-James. That's certainly going to be something to monitor the rest of the week with Tennessee. I think everyone knows the game coming up this Saturday. The Vols are hosting Kentucky at Thompson Bowling Arena. Tennessee has never lost to Kentucky at Knoxville or in Knoxville during the Barnes era. He has swept them there and actually you know, won up there a little bit too. So you know, it's been interesting in this series, and we'll have more time to talk about that game later. But we'll see. Grant, did you get a sense from – Barnes, I know we talked to him a little bit about this after the game. Um, we talked to some other people. Where do, does it seem like things are far off with? I, I get the sense from talking to people that James is not that far away from coming back, but I don't know if he's going to be 100%. Yeah, and I think they're just not – I don't think they're trying to rush anything. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he, he tried to go against Texas A&M. I think he played like 23 minutes. Apparently this happened against Kansas uh, last week. Uh and then he didn't practice before the Mississippi State game. Obviously, he didn't play there, and he didn't play at Alabama. So I think they're trying to just stack as many uh, off days or, or rest days as they can in a row for him and try to get him ready, I guess, for the kind of this stretch run of the regular season. You'd rather have him uh, at home against Kentucky than you would on the road against Alabama, even though you need a win uh, in both of those games. But uh, they keep testing it, as far as I know. Um, they tested it during pregame at Mississippi State. Obviously, that failed. Uh, Barnes talked on Monday about they're going to do a little bit of work on Monday. They probably do a little something on Tuesday. Uh, they did that, and, and he was obviously a non-factor, a no-go. So uh, I think it's day-to-day, like Rick says, and, and probably you'll hear something Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I guess it's a 1 o'clock game, so Saturday morning against Kentucky. If he can go, and if he can, it's huge because obviously that helps your defense, that helps your rebounding, uh, and helps points production too. He's one of the better shooters on this team at this point. So it's a fine line between you need him back, you need him on the floor, but you also don't want to rush him, set it back even farther. Uh, excuse me, further. Oh, tripped myself up on that one. Uh, and get him back on the floor when you can because you need him for as many of these final nine, ten games as you can get him. That's amazing. Grant is farther, further is like right in Ramey's wheelhouse there. That is a shocker that he made that mistake. That's whew, that is, yeah, he might be done for the podcast after that one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but there'll be some other things to follow. We'll see where things go if uh, if James isn't able to go, obviously, against Kentucky. That would be a problem because, you know, James has the length and versatility that you kind of need against a team like Kentucky. Uh, and if he can't go, it's interesting to see what they're going to do there. Will they go back with Plavsic and think that's maybe a game that's more his speed, or will they have to go, um, you know, go with some small ball stuff again with Fulke there at the five and Pons back at the four where I think he's more comfortable um, because that's where he's kind of played most of the season. He's kind of comfortable there. And then they've got some decisions to make also um, with Jalen Johnson and Devontae Gaines. You know, that's kind of been a a back and forth thing, uh, you know, the past little bit. You know, even with James out there, it kind of seems like one or the other is going to play some in the game. It just depends on which one. Uh, They both played about 16 minutes in that game, and Johnson had a plus-minus of minus seven, and Gaines had a a plus-minus of plus seven. So uh, that's that's something they're going to have to look at, and then we'll see what's going on with Olivier Kumwa. I think he's got a knee that's bothering him a little bit right now, um, but he's just kind of run right into that freshman wall. Uh, He had a very unproductive two and a half minutes there uh, against Alabama, so we'll see where things go with that. But we'll have plenty of time to discuss that Kentucky game. We'll have plenty of time to break down uh, some other things, including some football things, with Tennessee obviously having National Signing Day this week. You can go back and listen to that podcast if you want to. Uh, But I think uh, think that's going to just about do it. Grant, you got anything else? Uh, I'm going to go farther on this side of the room uh, and further my understanding of the further farther dilemma. I think that's a great place to end it. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just the the news, uh, you, you want just Tennessee news, you don't want any of my 
uh, quirky pictures or eloquent thoughts on life. You don't want to hear uh, anything from Ramey that has nothing to do with the Vols. You don't want to hear from Pat or Ryan, anything like that. You just want Tennessee news, you can go get that at twitter.com slash govols247 and facebook.com slash govols247. Ramey does a great job kind of spearheading our coverage on that Facebook page. Or if you want to drink that delicious East Tennessee mountain water, that spring water right from the source, that delicious Smoky Mountain Dew, you can go get that at GoVols247.com. We've always got a lot of good specials around National Signing Day. This year is no exception. You can go there and check that out. And if you go, pay us full price, then you get access to CBS All Access for free. That's $100 annually in your pocket. That's everything in the CBS catalog. Uh, All the shows that have ever existed on that network are beautiful, wonderful network, uh, commercial-free, ad-free. You can also uh, get some live sports there, SEC football, SEC hoops. You can get some uh, some NFL football, obviously. Not right now. RIP NFL for a few months. Sorry, Grant. Uh, you can also uh, get some World Series of Poker stuff, some podcast stuff, and they rotate new movies in there every month. So uh, that's just the new Picard show uh, that a lot of people are talking about, the new Star Trek show. You can get that there, the new show Evil, uh, the, all the Big Brother stuff throughout the year, Survivor, all that stuff. You can go get all of that for free, $100 per year in your pocket. So go do that. If you don't do it, it says more about about you than us. And I don't want to say bad things about you, so uh, just go do that, guys. And uh, if nothing else, we will see you here probably uh, within about uh, 24, 36 hours or so. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.